0: And change gears a little bit and switch over to talking about seasons. And so I began to prepare to speak to you about seasons. And I, I figured it would be a one-sermon kind of deal because I'd asked my dad several weeks in advance to preach on this last Sunday of the year. And um, so I was preparing for this seasons message and uh, I was rolling around to getting ready for Sunday morning. And I just happened to call him and said, okay, here's what I'm preaching. I'm going to be preaching about seasons and here's my text. What are you going to be preaching about? And he said, well, I felt like the Lord led me to preach about seasons. And so God orchestrated it all, and we're just really excited. And I just encourage you this morning uh, to listen carefully as he brings the word about seasons. We all go through seasons, and we need to be prepared for those seasons. So would you please give a big passion welcome to my dad as he brings the word this morning. it well, is the season? Amen. What season is it? The last divine revelation, the word from God to Israel, through an Old Testament seer or prophet by the name of Malachi was very simple. It was a word that demanded repentance. I will send Elijah the prophet who will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the father lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Last revealed word, last spoken word of God through the prophet was a curse. And then silence. 400 plus years of silence. No sound from heaven. No speaking from the voice of God. No prophet. No seer. No revelation. 400 plus years of silence And was a silence that was marked by sorrow By suffering By struggle By war By occupation of the nation of Israel Silence And the only thing that could sustain the nation Through that long period of silence Was the promise A hope For Malachi had said, finally a son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. And Isaiah had prophesied and said, unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. And the only thing that could sustain them for all those years was that promise of God's favor, the hope of salvation. And then suddenly, after 400 plus years, that silence was absolutely shattered. There was a star in the heaven that drew wise men from the east to come to a limestone cave at Bethlehem. And there was a song on a Judean hillside, an angelic chorus that brought a song in the hearts of common men, shepherds, and a son. A son that shattered and separated all of history, all of time, into two periods before Christ and in the year of our Lord. All of a sudden, that silence is shattered by a new season that unfolds. Not a season of law or curse or judgment, but a season of grace. The unmerited favor of God and the apostle Paul said it best in the book of Galatians when he said and when the fullness of the time notice that when the fullness of the time or the season was come God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem those that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons a new season unfolded a season of hope A season of fulfilled promise, a season of grace, a season of unmerited favor. And at the beginning of that season, God began to speak again. He speaks to Zacharias while he's in the temple in Jerusalem and begins to tell him about the birth of his son. He'll be called John, the gift of Jehovah. And he'll be a forerunner of that son of righteousness that will arise with healing in his wings. And Elizabeth that was old and barren will conceive for with God nothing is impossible. And God speaks to Mary through the angel Gabriel. And God speaks to Joseph through dreams. And God speaks to that old prophet by the name of Simeon. And tells him that he will not depart until his eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. That he will hold in his own hands the Christ child that was promised. And that boy will be a light to the Gentiles. And a hope to the nation of Israel. And he speaks to an old prophetess by the name of Annas and tells her that she can begin to tell people about the salvation that God is providing for all those that are in Jerusalem. And God bursts a season. A season of hope, a season of grace, and a season of favor. And he brings the message very clearly. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And so, though I know you probably almost had your fill of it by now will you allow me to go back one more time to luke one more time into this what we call the christmas story or season but look at it in a different way i want you to go with me to luke chapter 1 and beginning with verse 26 and i want you to see a different type of season that god has produced for us a season of favor From the Father. A season of finding favor with the Father. Luke chapter 1 verse 26. And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. He literally said, you are much graced. You are highly favored. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold. You shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Skip to verse 45. Because now Mary goes to see Elizabeth. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for it regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He hath opened his soul, servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. I want you to notice what the angel said. Don't be afraid, Mary. God has shown you grace. Don't be afraid, Mary. God is pleased with you. Don't be afraid, Mary, for God has decided to bless you. God is going to produce a season. A season of finding favor with the Father. Now we know what a season is. A season is simply a period of time, it's indeterminate, it's indefinite, it could be a second to thousands of years, but all during that period of time, however long it is, it is marked and characterized by one thing, by a distinct characteristic. The Bible speaks a lot about seasons, seasons of joy, seasons of restoration, seasons of revival, seasons of peace, seasons of tribulation. But the one I want to talk to you about today is a season of finding favor with our Father. Because what I sense in my spirit is that God wants to give us a new year, a new season filled with His favor. Much like the prophecy of Joel. After that time of calamity and troubles and sorrows to the nation of Israel, God reveals himself through the prophet. And he says to to, to, uh, Joel and to the nation, If you will return to me ten different ways with all of your heart, with fasting, with mourning, with repentance, if you will turn unto me, I will turn unto you. And your vats will begin to overflow with new wine. And your fields will be be full of grain. And I will never allow you to be shamed again. I am going to give you a new season of my favor. In other words, he said to them, I'm going to leave you a new meat and a drink offering. I'm going to give you back the revelation of myself. Everything that you think the enemy has stripped off of you, I'm going to restore that from the least to the greatest. I'm going to release my spirit upon you. And because of my favor and my blessings, you will be the center of redemption all over again. I'm going to give you a season of favor. Well, to understand that, we need to define favor. A set time to favor you has come is what the angel said. Be in good grace Because the term favor means much grace or that you've received grace or that you've been graciously accepted or that you are in good graces or in the good will of our Father. That's what the angel said. Blessed are you, happy to be envied. filled with great joy are you because you have come under the favor, the grace, the mercy, the good will of God. The favor literally meant that she had received goodwill. The unmerited benefits bestowed upon you by someone that is superior to you and greater than you. You are in the good graces of one that is greater than you. Literally to be highly favored, to be much grace is to become the recipients of God's act of kindness in four different ways. Literally what the scripture says is you're going to receive all of God's acts of kindness this year. You're going to be under his good grace. You're going to be overshadowed by his presence and that will be revealed like this. You will have divine blessings, supernatural blessings. For we are saved by grace through faith. By the unmerited favor of God, he has removed our unrighteousness and added his righteousness to our account. So all of the supernatural divine blessings are a direct result of his grace. So he says, you're going to have divine blessings. And then secondly, much grace or highly favored is to have divine approval. One man put it like this. He literally said it meant God voted yes for you. And if God votes yes for you, it doesn't matter who votes no. For if God be for you, who can possibly be against you? Greater is he that is within you than he that is within this world. If God has added blessing to you, no one can curse you. You remember the Old Testament story when they called Balaam and hired him as a prophet to curse Israel? And when he gets out there, you know the story about the donkey speaking and all of that. But ultimately when he gets out there, he can now pronounce a curse. He blesses Israel. And the the king, the foreign king looked at him and said, I paid you to curse. He said, I cannot curse what God has blessed And so what the Lord is promising us is a season of His kindness, of divine supernatural spiritual blessings, of divine approval where He has said yes toward you and not no. And then thirdly, it means divine benefits. It means it's the Father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom, that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly, that you might lend and not borrow, that you'll be the head and not the tail, that you'll be blessed in your fields and blessed in the fruit of your womb and blessed going in and blessed going out because God has promised a season of special benefits. In fact, he said that the blessings of the Lord would overtake you. That's a wonderful word picture in the Hebrew. It literally means you're walking along and the blessings of God are chasing you down and overwhelming you. That's being under His divine favor and under His great grace. And that's exactly what he said to David. Your throne will be established for Abraham He said uh, forever. He said to Abraham, he said, I promise you that you will be great, that I will make your name great, that you will be a blessing, that I'll bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. And through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. You will be the recipients of divine benefits. You will have favor." And then fourthly, it not only means uh, divine supernatural blessings and divine approval and special benefits, but it means divine empowerment. You will be able to fulfill the purpose and the plan of God in your life. And Mary said, how could this possibly be? And the angel said, because the power of the Most High will cast His shadow over you. The Holy Ghost will come upon you. And because of the presence and the favor and the grace of God, you will be empowered to fulfill God's purpose and God's plan. Because don't you remember how God's grace and favor is, re- is released? It rests, rests on three things. First of all, it rests on people. God puts His favor and His blessings and His grace and His approval upon people. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Abraham is chosen of God while he's yet in the land of the earth, the Chaldees and away from God. Joseph is selected above all of his brethren to deliver the people from famine. He selects Moses on the backside of the desert. Samuel brings the horn of anointing oil. And David, that little ruddy-faced shepherd boy that everyone else rejects, becomes the king of Israel. And John the Baptist becomes a forerunner. And Jesus, he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And Paul becomes the apostle to the Gentiles because God places his divine approval and supernatural benefits and blessings upon people. But he also places that favor upon places. He blessed Jerusalem. Jerusalem. He blessed the tabernacle on the temple and he said, I will put my name there and no matter where you go in your journeys or in your bondage, if you will turn and pray toward Jerusalem, my name's there, my favor's there and I will hear your prayer. And not only does he place his favor upon people and places, but he places his favor upon purposes, the purpose of God, the pathway that he wants you to walk in. He blessed Joseph so that Joseph's purpose was to deliver the nation and to keep them in the midst of famine. He placed his favor and supernatural power upon Moses to bring the people out of Egyptian bondage. He placed his favor upon David so that he could bring the presence of God and the praise of God back to Jerusalem. He placed his favor upon the purpose of his son to provide redemption and light and salvation to all men. And I say to you, I believe that he wants to give passion a season of favor. That he wants to make this new year a season of favor. He wants to let his presence overshadow this place because of the purpose he's instilled in your heart to engage God, to encounter God, to engage culture, to equip people, to make a difference in the lives of others. God wants to put his favor His good grace, His good will upon us. So, if God wants to give us this season of favor from the Father, then how do we enter it? How do we get into this this season of favor from God? Well, first of all, you need to know it's sovereign. God just chooses who He's going to bless. Abraham didn't do anything. He is just in the land of the earth, the Chaldees, and sovereign God selects him. God chose Moses. God chooses people. God sovereignly chooses who he's going to bless. But the second thing you need to know is that you can seek for God's favor. Call upon the Lord while he is near. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Jabez prayed, bless me and enlarge my clothes. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. The Bible declares that we are to pray for rain or favor or fullness in the time of the latter rain. So not only does God sovereignly choose to bring favor, but he asks you to seek for it. Are you asking for the blessings of God, the supernatural benefits of God, the favor of God in your life during this time? But what I really want to talk to you about very quickly is that finding favor with the Father in this season is dependent upon four principles that you must learn. And we learned them from this story in Mary. First of all, to find the favor of the Father, you must be conscious, committed, and controlled by the will of God. If you're going to have God's grace, the blessings and the favor and the empowerment, you must become conscious of the will of God the Bible says it like this be not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is Mary became conscious of God's will the angel of the Lord appeared unto her and said you will conceive and bring forth a son and that son will be the son of the highest it will be a holy child his name will be Jesus he will save his people from their sins she became conscious of God's will and immediately the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said do not be afraid to take unto you Mary for your wife even though it seems that she's been made a spectacle because she's a spouse to you or engaged to you but now she is with child don't be afraid of that his name's Jesus this is a work of God. This is what God's will is about to bring salvation and redemption to all people. Become conscious of the will of God. And then the angel appeared to Joseph and said arise and take the young child and his Mary mother, uh, mother Mary and go into Egypt. He became conscious of the will of God. Isn't that what the star is all about? God revealing his will to wise men from the East Magi, astronomers, astrologists. I mean, how, what a better way to make himself. God is a God of revelation. If he has to birth a star in order for you to become conscious of his will, he'll do that whatever God needs to create to bring you to the understanding the consciousness of what the will of God is He will do that God's not holding His will behind His back and if you pray long enough and fast long enough and seek long enough and struggle long enough ultimately beg hard enough God will bring His will out here to make no, God is constantly revealing His will to you He'll make a star in the heaven that'll draw wise men from the east He'll sing a song on a hillside well, why didn't the shepherds notice the stars? Well, the shepherds are out there all the time. What's another star to a shepherd? But David was a sweet psalmist of Israel. And if God wanted to reveal himself to the shepherd, he doesn't need a star. That's for astrologers, that's for astronomers, that's for wise men. No, what the shepherds needed were a song. And God gave them a song on the hillside, that song that began to reverberate in their heart. They recognized and became conscious of the will of God, not through the star, but through the song. And God will do whatever it takes to reveal His will to you. If you need a star, He'll create it. If you need a song, He'll sing it. If you need a word, he'll give you a scripture. If you need a reverend, whatever you need to become conscious of the will of God, he will cause that to happen. Because you find favor when you become conscious of the will of God. And you need to understand something about his word. We're always talking about his personal will for us. What is your will for me? But do you understand that God's personal will for you is wrapped up in God's redemptive purpose for the whole world? This is not just about Mary's personal will of God. Oh yeah, that's part of it. You will conceive. You will bring forth a son. You will take him to Bethlehem. Yeah, this is my personal will for you. But wrapped up in your personal will, he is the Savior and the Redeemer of the whole world. He will save all of their people from their sins. Do you understand that when he makes you conscious of your personal will, that's wrapped up in his redemptive purpose for the whole world. Amen. So you become conscious. Well, once you're conscious of the will, then you have to be committed. You remember what she said? Lord, I don't understand this, and I don't have any way of knowing how this can possibly be because I'm a virgin and I I have no relationship with anyone, and how is this going to happen? But then listen to what she said Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me even as you have said. In other words, she reaches that place when she's conscious of the will. She becomes committed to it. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, in light of who He is and what He's done, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you can understand and know what the will of God is, that is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight. It's when you commit yourself to the will of God that God's favor begins to flow. She literally said, I am your bond slave. What did Jesus say in the garden? Nevertheless, not my will, Father. Your will be done. Oh, I know nevertheless is a conjunction for all you English students, but it's much more than that. He literally prayed the prayer of resignation. He resigned himself and committed himself to the purpose and the will of God. And he literally said, nothing less than the best. If that's the cross, bring it on. If that's a crown of thorns. If that's stripes upon my back. If that's a borrowed tomb. If that's death. Nevertheless, I won't accept anything except your will. So to have God's favor, there is this consciousness of his will. And this commitment to his will. And then you become controlled by his will. Everything else in her life then is controlled by that revelation from God of his will. She will leave Nazareth. They will go to Bethlehem. She'll marry Joseph. They'll flee into Egypt. They'll return at the word of God. The steps of godly men are ordered by God. To come into this time of season, of favor, you have to be conscious, committed, and controlled by His will. Secondly, you have to have confidence in His word. You remember, remember what happened? She said, I don't know how this is going to be. Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me, even as you have said be it unto me according to thy word and when she goes to visit Elizabeth and the baby leaps within Elizabeth's womb and she says now I'm favored because that the mother of my Lord is coming to me she said blessed is she that has believed for there shall be a performance of those things told her from the Lord she developed this confidence in God's word that if God speaks he'll bring it to pass that not one jot or tittle will ever pass away until everything is fulfilled that heaven and earth will pass away but his word will never pass away that his word will not return into him void but it will accomplish the purpose whereinto God has sent it that the promises of God are yea and amen in him that the word of God is like the sure foundation and if you have confidence in his word and you build your house upon hearing and doing that word nothing can ever destroy it can't take God's favor away because your confidence is in his word third thing is you begin to celebrate two things you celebrate the wonders of God she did that at Elizabeth's house she began to sing and talk about that he's done mighty things that his name is great uh, that he has revealed himself to us in mercy and his mercy goes from one generation to another she began to celebrate the wonders of God And then secondly, she celebrated the works of God. And she talked about his presence. He has shown up after all these years of silence. Isn't that what the incarnation is all about? God becoming flesh and dwelling among us? God moving into my neighborhood? After years of silence and struggle, God starts a new season, not only with the revelation by a star and a song, but by the incarnation of his Son. He physically shows up in a stable in Bethlehem and his name is Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. He's present. And then she began to sing about his pardon. He has scattered the spiritually proud but he's taken those of low degrees and humble spirits, and he brought them to salvation. So not only is he giving us his presence but he's given us his pardon And then he said he has filled the hungry with good things and he's brought the provision of what we've needed. And she just described the work of the Savior. That he is present. That he is the word made flesh. That he has moved into my neighborhood and dwelling among us and pitched his tent with us. And that he has brought pardon for my sins. And that he's brought the provision of the good things that I need. Life and that more abundantly. She begins to celebrate the wonders of God and the works of God. And so, how do we find favor from the Father? Well, we become conscious, committed, and controlled by His will. We put our confidence in His Word. And then we begin to celebrate the wonders of who He is and the works that He's performed. But there's one other thing, and this is the most important of what I want to tell you. The fourth thing's necessary for you to enter in this season of favor with the Father is that you must choose to walk in the ways of the Lord even when you don't understand. Listen to me carefully for a moment and I'll close. You must choose to walk in the ways of the Lord, even when you don't understand. Isn't that what Pastor Steve told us last week? That seasons are shortened or lengthened by the choices that you make. That you can make a season shorter or longer simply by the individual choice that you make. You need to understand that to enter into God's favor. You need to make a choice to walk in His ways even when you don't understand what's going on. Mary didn't know what was going on. How can this be? Don't you understand who you're talking to? Sixteen-year-old girl, a spouse to Joseph, not entered into the marriage contract, no relationship, and you're talking about a birth. But I choose to walk in your ways when I don't understand. Because what I want to tell you, even in seasons of favor, there can be sorrow and suffering. Notice with me. She becomes a spectacle in Nazareth. Engaged but pregnant. I know that's not bad now. But we're talking about 2,000 years ago in a totally different culture. She became a spectacle in her hometown. To be with child and not married. Not only that, she's separated from the security of her home. She becomes a stranger in Bethlehem where there's no room in the inn. And everything about the will and the revelation of God led her to a stable. If God can create a star, couldn't he create the Jerusalem Hilton? Or the Sheraton Inn? Or at least a Holiday Inn Express? And you know what he chose in this year of his favor? A limestone cave, a stable. In fact, did you know that the song and the star led them to the stable? That the revelation of God leads them to a limestone cave filled with hay and rodents and sheep and stench. He led them to the backyard of a barn. Have you ever been in a stable? Anybody been in a barn lately? They stink. All you can smell are are, are the bodies of animals, urine, manure. It stinks. It's not the most pleasant place in the world. So right in the midst of this favor, she is led into a stable. And it's a place of suffering, as Steve told us last week. Childbirth. Pain. Swaddling clothes. You know what that literally means? Grease cloths. No christening gown. No beautiful white flowing robe. And you walk up to the priest with a nice little uh, deal of water. And you have this one. No. Grease cloths. Cloths that have been thrown aside in the stench of a barn. Wrapped the body of Jesus. Oh. They had a star and a song but the sadness of death because all the children in Bethlehem was killed by Herod, two years old and under. The sudden sojourn and the exile in Egypt. The Bible said Mary pondered all these things in her heart, but Simeon looks at her and says, a sword is going to pierce your heart. Her son's separation for the father's business at 12 years old. His own siblings rejecting him and telling him that he's beside himself. The sorrow of the cross. Mother, behold thy son. Son, behold your mother. Right in the midst of the favor there are these moments of sorrow and suffering. But if you'll keep walking in the ways of the Lord even when you don't understand it it'll finally leave you to the shout of the resurrection and eternal redemption of the purpose of God being fulfilled for God has highly favored you and He's going to bring you into a season of the Father's favor. Let me give you this quick example and we'll close. Stables. Stables. God gives a revelation, and you start walking conscious of it, committed to it, controlled by it. You're confident God's word's gonna be fulfilled. You're celebrating, praising God. I've got a revelation. I saw the star. I heard the song. And right in the midst of the favor, you wind up in a stinky stable. The marriage you thought was made in heaven has to be lived out on earth, and it begins to stink. And the job that you knew was divinely appointed from God, everybody, all you need is to put some hay around your desk because the stables, everybody complains and criticizes and, oh, come on, you've been there. Well, we're supposed to be in a season. You are. You're under His blessings. But the way that that season comes to fulfillment is that you continue to walk in His ways even when you don't understand Because you see, he's not just the God of revelation. He's the God of incarnation. You know where he was? In the stable. He's not just in the star and the song. He's in your stable. He's in your relationship. He's in your job. He's in your marriage. He's in the ministry, God. He's in the stable. He's right there. But do you know how you transform that stable? Like the wise men. You have to learn that you walk in his ways And release his gifts And when you do that It'll change your situation And it'll change yourself Notice with me what happened when the wise men came They went to Herod, they went to the palace And Jesus wasn't there And the star leads them from the palace to a stable (laughs) Nobody wants to find him in a stable But you know what they did in the stable? They released their best gifts and they opened gold and the gold turned the poverty of the stable to prosperity and wealth that sustained Jesus in Egypt when they didn't have anything else. And they opened their gifts of frankincense and myrrh. Those are spices. And now instead of the stench of urine and manure and the the bodies of animals, it smells like the temple in Jerusalem it smells like the palace of a king and because they walked in the ways of the Lord when they didn't understand and they released their best gifts they transformed that stable into the place of the birth of a king and the cattle's feed trough became a cradle and the musty odor disappeared in the fragrance of worship and adoration And the Bible said when the wise men left, they went back a different way. Oh, I know geographically it meant they went a different physical, but they went back changed. And what I'm going to try to tell you is that God wants to give you a season of favor. But to do it, you have to become conscious, committed, controlled by His will, confident that His Word's going to be fulfilled even when you don't understand it celebrating the wonders and the works of God but most of all you keep walking in His ways because this is how I'm going to close you know what we do when we're in the stable and we have all these wonderful gifts God's given us in His favor we say when I get out of the stable I will release my gift then when I get out of this relationship, when I get out of this mess, when I get out of this, this stinky place, then I'll release my No. By releasing your gifts in the stable, you transform it. So in the midst of the hate, you release love. In the midst of nervousness and unrest, you give peace. In the midst of sadness, you give joy. In the midst of misunderstanding, you bring understanding and compassion. In the midst of unforgiveness, you forgive. You turn the other cheek. You go the second mile. You pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. You release your best gifts, not outside the stable, but in the stable. And when you do, God transforms it from a stenchy, stinky place to the place of the king and God's favor is upon you. I like what a little boy prayed. He was 5 years old and he was trying to learn the Lord's prayer. And he was doing pretty good till he got to the trespass stuff and he couldn't quite get it out. So he said, "Lord, forgive us our trash buckets as we forgive those who put trash in our buckets." And that is exactly what the Bible's saying that it's in the trashy place of the stable that you live by his word and you walk in his ways and it changes it and most of all it changes you and you leave saying the favor of God is upon me the presence of the most high has overshadowed me and I'm walking in God's favor this year Father I thank you right now for your presence I thank you for your people I believe you're going to bring us into a season where we are highly favored, much graced, divine experiences, supernatural blessings, divine empowerment to make a difference in this world. Help us to walk in your ways and release your gifts through us. Change the circumstances of life. And change us into your image. Overshadow us with your spirit. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me right now? Hallelujah. If you don't hear anything else I say, your star and your song will lead you. But it nearly always brings you to a staple. But don't worry. As much as he was in the star in the song, he's in your stable too. Right there with you. And as you just keep releasing those gifts, walking in his ways, when nobody else is, God transforms it. And God transforms you. And the purpose of God is fulfilled and redemption comes. And that's what it's all about. How many would like to enter into a year of God's favor? You'd like the favor of of the Father upon your life this year. Amen? Would you do me a favor? Would you find two or three people, three or four, just right there in little groups and gather together and join hands and pray for one another. God, reveal yourself. Create a star, sing a song. Give a word. Speak a prophecy. Let us hear your voice in the Scripture. Whatever it takes, reveal your will. We're committed to it. We'll be controlled by it. Father, we have confidence in your word that what you speak you're going to bring to pass. And Lord, we're just going to celebrate this year the wonder of who God is and the works that God has done. But most of all, we choose to walk in your ways and to release your works even when we don't understand. And Father, for your people right now that are dwelling in stables, in that stinky place of life. Lord, change the odor as they give love and joy and peace and grace and forgiveness to others. Change us. For we choose to walk in your face. And Lord, upon this place, overshadow us. Upon this place, let the power of the Holy Spirit come upon us. In each of the lives of your people, overshadow us Let your power come upon us so that we can fulfill your purpose. That we can encounter you and we can engage those that are living in the stables of life out there that need to be transformed by your saving grace. Make this the year of your favor. Make this a season of the favor of our Father. Let it rest upon us in Jesus' name let it rest upon your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.